Welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most. Because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that I got a properly you can affect change you know you got to be careful at least I, I know you have to be careful because earth really is a school we're only you know we're, we're all of us we, we are eternal beings you know we've always been here you know there's never been a beginning never will be an end and so we're, we're entities that have always been here and now we're learning and the only way you can learn is to be in a physical plane somewhere, you know, because in the spiritual world, there's nothing to learn because there's no want, need or desire because there's nothing physical to, 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 to collect, <laughs> you know, in the, in the spiritual world, the only thing you can collect is love because that's what the spiritual world is made out of, you know. Now, when you come into the physical world, we're, we're here to take, to learn. And, and when you learn, and the reason, you know, we're, we have to take courses over and over again, you know, like you do in school. Like you, you fail at one thing, then you have to take that course over again until you eventually pass it. Out of everything all, all my life, because it's not a matter of right or wrong. It's a matter of being, knowing that there is a presence that is there, that will always be there, and, and that you have nothing to fear, you know. In fact, in order to, to ignite this presence, uh, all you need is faith. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to the very, 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 very special episode 50 of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Wow, folks, it's been quite a ride so far. I'm really just encouraged more and more every day, especially when people reach out because you guys are all so 
awesome, and it surprises me how many people do listen to the show and, and give us a shout-out or a compliment or a comment here and there. And It's awesome. It really means a lot to me. I recorded a, an intro the other day for this because I was crying tears of joy, okay? I'll spare you guys of that, but I have to tell you about it, all right? Because I'm, I'm real as fuck. Maybe I'll even include a little clip at the end so you can hear what I sound like when I'm crying tears of joy. But I was very just moved by how <clears throat> this whole thing has developed, and, you know, talking to Tommy Chong was amazing. This was, you know, not... Supposed to be episode 50 if we were to go, you know, chronologically. But I just love this conversation with him a lot. I really liked the whole, just everything about it. I mean, six of the co-hosts, or five, five of our co-hosts were on the show, right? Jay, Adam, Mikey, Chris, you know, these are all guys that show up for me. They're always there in the Discord. They're there when I ask them to do the podcast. And at first, I was dragging them into this. They were like, podcast? What the hell, dude? I don't even listen to podcasts. But over time, they've gotten really interested in the guests we've had on and the conversations, the ideas that are sparked. And yeah, this episode was great. Obviously, they wanted to join to be a part of conversation with Tommy who wouldn't he's an awesome dude obviously a big big guest to have you know probably the most well-known person we've had on the show thus far so yeah that's a little bit why that you know this episode is episode 50 I think you know 50 is a milestone right so I wanted to do something special so Allah here's the longer intro where you get to hear my monologue of course, you can skip this if you go to the episode description. You can go straight to the interview. You just click that little button. It should be a timestamp. Should look like a link, a hyperlink. Go ahead and click that and just skip all this because I'm going to go on a little bit longer here. And, and if you like the My Family Thinks Some Crazy podcast and you like me, you're going to listen. I know you will. And actually, you want to hear more stuff like this and really where the backbone of the research is, it's on the Patreon. Because every day I'm there talking to myself and reading from books and talking through these ideas and I'm uncovering. So it's truly profound. And what I'm finding is that you can actualize your purpose. It's what's happening for me and it can happen for you too. So come along over to the Patreon and find your purpose with me. Because it's not just about me. It's about you too, right? Show's relatable. You guys get it. Your family thinks you're crazy too. Trust me, my family, they think I'm crazy. Speaking of which, though, got to give a shout out to Adeline, my lovely, lovely, I would call her aunt, so to speak, because I've known her since she was a, since I was a kid. And yeah, I mean, my mom and her are best friends. So that makes her my aunt. And I found out that she has listen to the show. She enjoys the show. She loves the show. I was so blown away. I mean, that ah, so awesome. Shout out to you, Adeline. Shout out to Steve. You guys are awesome. And anybody else out there listening, share the show with your family members if you think they can handle it. Because if your family thinks you're crazy, 
You're not alone. Share it with a friend too. Share it with anybody. Or get in touch with me. I don't mind. I have an email. It's altmediaunited.com. You go to altmediaunited.com. You can submit your info to me and we'll talk. All right? Send me your number. Send me your email. Whatever it is. You want to build a podcast. You want to start a podcast. You want to talk. Let's talk. I'm doing it. I don't mind. I love engaging in the now. That's what this is all about. And like I said, you engage in the now with intention and purpose and the universe responds. And that's what I'm discovering. You know, I don't have it all figured out, but that's what I'm discovering. We're working it out on the Patreon, but on the free show, we've had so many awesome guests. I just want to give a shout out to all of the really amazing people that I've interviewed in this past 50 episodes. I mean, going down the list, we had Rick from the Tin Biscuit podcast, who was awesome enough to do the first swap cast with me and the show. We have David Matheson, who's going to be on the show again soon. David's such a cool guy, really profound dude, and really, really warm guy, too. Like, every time I talk to David, it truly feels like he's my friend. And I know he, that's what that's the case. We're friends. Because, you know, at first, when you start the podcast, you're like, oh, maybe not. Maybe that's just how it is. But, no, yeah, he, he really is a good person. And I think that's the kind of vibe that I'm finding is is true for most podcasters is like these people are becoming my friends. So here we go. I'm going to give a shout out to all my friends that have been on the show so far. And like I said, if you want to get straight to the Tommy Chong episode, the interview, you can go into the episode description and find the hyperlink to go straight to the interview folks because i don't mind you could skip this this is this is for people who care this is for my ogs who have been here since day one and listen to every episode because i know you're out there i know you're out there so join on the patreon all you ogs who love the my family think some crazy podcast and and if you've been on the show and you're listening right now i love you stay tuned because i'm about to give you a fucking shout out Sean Beaupre was episode five. I love Sean. He's such a cool dude. He's going to be actually talking to me this evening for another interview. Lindsay Foreman, I've been on her show twice. She's been on our show twice, right? She was the first guest to ever make a reoccurring appearance. She was on episode six, and she was also on episode, let's see, 16. Very cool. Ten episodes later. Then we had Alex Karras from the Skeptico podcast, episode seven. And this is where the synchronicity started flowing, folks. Because for those who don't know the backstory between how I got in touch with Alex, it all had to do with Tinfoil Hat. I was on Tinfoil Hat talking about Aleister Crowley a couple episodes later. Alex Sakaris joins Sam on the show. And this was before I worked for Sam as a booker for Tinfall Hat. I was booking for Zero, but I wasn't booking for Tinfall Hat. And Alex mentioned me in his appearance on Tinfall Hat. And I was like, wow, okay, cool. Let me reach out to this guy. So I reached out to him, had him on my show. And ever since, we've talked weekly. Alex, you know, he's such an awesome dude and really a big force behind everything I'm doing. I would call him a true mentor 
and I'm really just so grateful that I met him. You know, and it all happened because of the podcast, folks. This is synchronicity. This is actualizing my purpose. Okay. And like I said, if you're not into this personal shit, well, guess what? Skip the fucking intro then. <laughs> okay. Because this is the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Emphasis on my right now. Is this about me? I know you guys can relate to that because your life is about you, right? So listen to some things about my life, maybe, and extrapolate that. And learn and apply it to your own life, right? That's the idea with this show is I want to create a situation, a conversation, a place where you can go to learn more and educate yourself so you're more equipped to express your beliefs or, or feel confident in your beliefs. Because it's really not even about convincing other people, you know? It's okay that they think you're crazy as long as you're confident and you know that you're not just believing anything, you know? That's the goal of this show is to give you some confirmation so that you're, you don't feel crazy. Because that, that sucks. That, that fucking sucks. And I've felt that. And ever since I've, I've been in this podcasting community, that feeling has really just diminished more and more and more. Because I'm finding my tribe. I'm vibing with my tribe. And if you like that, come over to the Patreon and vibe a little harder with me. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba So... After episode seven with Alex Sakiris, dear friend and mentor to me, we had my Maria at triple seven back when she was still anonymous and I got to see her face. She is a very, very beautiful young woman. I will say that. But no, Maria is also not just beautiful. She's fierce. She's intelligent. She's professional. She's a fucking lawyer folks she passed the bar so don't fuck with her okay she's a badass i've heard a lot about her she's a little mysterious but guess what she dropped the mask now she is facing the world head on and i'm excited not only is her podcast kicking off recently but i think she started a new podcast or at least a, a new segment of her own podcast with Human Vibration. People know her from Twitter. So yeah, my Maria Triple Seven. Shout out to you. Then we had the Dangerous World Swapcast. My man Ryan and my homie Brandon at the Dangerous World Podcast. And I I used to mess their names up. I used to mix them up, but I don't do that anymore because <laughs> they're very different people, folks. If you haven't listened to their show, maybe you don't know. But they're very different people. Brandon is very different than Ryan. And that's why I love talking to them, especially on their show, because you get a balanced approach to some of these really fringe, extreme ideas. And it, let me take that back. They're not extreme, okay? They're extreme to the fuckers who think we're crazy. Anyways, after that, we had Ron from New England, who is... A great buddy of mine, call him Weekly. Ron is, is another guy who I would consider like a mentor, very wise in many ways. Episode 12, we had my man Anthony Graffinati. What's up, Graff? How you doing, bro? Shout out to you, the Graffcast. I'm not sure how Anthony's doing. I haven't talked to him in a while, but I hope he's doing well. I hope Graffcast is doing well. Then we had a swap cast with Idiocalypse, which is a awesome podcast slash YouTube show, which 
I don't know if that'll ever get back on the air. I don't. I haven't heard from Jonathan. I hope he's doing well. But I did podcast with Cheney recently on her new project, Cheney, a sweet podcast where she goes deep and gets personal with folks that she deems interesting and cool. And I was lucky enough to be one of them. Cheney and I are definitely members of the same tribe. We vibe. Cheney, shout out to you. Much love, my friend. All right. Next, we had Decoding the Codex with Micah Dank. Micah Dank's a G. I like Micah. Micah's cool. I definitely warned him. I'm like, hey, man, you're going on a lot of podcasts. You don't want to oversaturate yourself, but he's doing great. I mean, the guy is the hardest working guest I've ever seen in podcasting. He's probably been on every podcast that talks about this kind of stuff. So Mike is kicking ass and he's taken names. And as a matter of fact, he was kind enough to give me a mention in his latest book in the series, a down the rabbit hole series. Wow, folks, do you see that? This is what I'm talking about synchronicity the moment i got micah dank's email i called him i was like hey dude you're from long island let's talk here's my number and ever since then we hit it off i like micah sometimes i'm like oh you know i've had my ups and downs with the guy to be honest if he listens to this maybe it'll be new to him but i told him straight up i said micah i don't know if you should do all those podcasts I don't know, but I think I was wrong about that. I think I really was. So Micah, shout out to you. And I really appreciate, I really appreciate you mentioning me in your book, man. I mean, I I don't think my name's ever been printed in a book. So it's truly an unprecedented thing in my life and something I never thought could be possible as a result of this podcast, at least this soon. I mean, I had a feeling I'd be making a book one day, but wow. Thank you, Micah, for putting my name in a book. That is is awesome. That's just, yeah, that's awesome. Excuse me. After uh, Micah Dank, we had Chris Knowles. Chris is just such a fantastic researcher. The first guest that we had on the show that broke the uh, thousand number of downloads within the first 30 days. That was awesome. Chris is just a phenomenal dude. We had a really cool, long conversation with him. Two hours and 30 minutes. It was the first uh, and longest show we've had on the podcast, I think. I don't think we've done a show longer than that, but you know, how could we live up to it? Chris is awesome. And I think I'm going to be doing a podcast with him in person pretty soon. We'll see. Because I've gotten to know Chris a little bit better. And, and yeah, Chris is a great guy, man. Really cool. Turns out we're the same height, actually, uh, or close to it. You guys can't tell from my voice, but I'm 6'8", folks, okay? I'm actually a Nephilim. I'm a giant. So, yeah, and Chris is too. After that, we had Josh Monday on the show. Josh is awesome, man. Back when I spoke to Josh, he didn't have a podcast yet. And now he does. It's called the Christian and Conspiracy Podcast. And it's pretty dope. And I think Josh is a good dude. He's a family man. He's a Christian. He just seems like a hard worker too, man. Like the fact that his podcast is already where it's at now. And I just spoke to him a couple months ago. Like he's a fucking hard worker, that guy. Like he's really, he's going at it. 
I like Josh. Shout out to Josh. Then we had Lindsay Foreman back on the show, like I said. First reoccurring guest. Shout out to you, Lindsay. Then we had Ark from Destiny Lab. You guys know Destiny Lab because they made the intro song to this podcast. Shout out to you, my man. That was fucking fire. I love that rap song. I think it's really great, and I appreciate that you made it for us. Go to Destiny Lab. Find them on Spotify. Find them in all of the places that you can listen to music because they're a rap group. They've also got a podcast called Digging for the Truth with Ark and Neo. Go and show them some love. They're really awesome dudes. They were on Tim Fall Hat as well. At least Ark was with Joe Jordanson. That was a cool episode. Shout out to Destiny Lab. I think you can go to destinylab.com. Uh, and then we got Chris Milligan. <clears throat> Chris Milligan is the man behind Trine Day Publishing. Trine Day is awesome. I've had their books for many years. And here we are now talking to the guy behind it. I mean, that's that's another piece of the puzzle here, folks. It really is. Then after Chris, we had Yogi Z, my man Yogi Zorananda. He just started an awesome podcast called Ripe, the Renegade Yogi podcast experience very cool name i'm glad i could inspire him to do that and i'm glad he let me be his first guest on ripe so please folks go check that out renegade yogi podcast experience my man yogi z's got a lot of wisdom and we really connect on a lot of points like something that i might not have even entertained as much as i should have is the fact that we both really dig the rap music that inspired us both to get into all this kind of stuff. Jedi mind tricks. Isaac Weissop, who was a recent guest, we'll get to him, said the same thing. He loves Jedi mind tricks. Myself, Yogi Z, Isaac Weissop. There's a pattern here, folks. We are living in this synchromystic, spiraling, beautiful universe. And I'm just so happy that you guys can be a part of it with me. I really am. So after we had Yogi Z on the show, we had... Sorry about that, folks. Then the Grimerica guys joined us for a swap cast. I was super nervous for that one. Definitely wasn't as prepared as I should have been. But it was fun. And and you know what? Me and Graham are buddies. He calls me every now and then. I call him, so... So I'm happy that he was on the show, and maybe we can do a show again in the future or something more focused and less all over the place. But Or maybe I'm just a perfectionist and being too critical. So yeah, then we had Zane Weber. My man Zane Weber was a big inspiration for everything I've done since with the cooperative. That's why I wanted to talk to him. Most people are probably like, who the hell is this guy? What? what? There's no conspiracy to this episode. So what? <laughs> That's not what this show's about. The show's about life. That's it. I don't put any limits on who I'm going to have on this show. If I deem them interesting, if it fits into what's going on in my life, then it's going to be on the show because this is what's happening. This is a synchronistic experiment in the ever-changing, ever-present now. What is seen, folks, okay? That is <laughs> what is seen, That is the question that you should be asking. What is seen? And I think we're going to put seen, the new idea I have, in this show somehow. Maybe a segment, 
maybe uh, a way for people to get interested in the Patreon. But if you're interested in what scene, S-E-E-N, is, go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash M-F-T-I-C. You can go to my website, My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, and there'll be a button, MyFamilyThinksI'mCrazy.com. It'll tell you right how to get to the Patreon, because sometimes Patreon makes it hard for people to get content when it's 18 and up. So you might not be able to search us using the Patreon search, but that's okay. You got to find the good shit. You want us uncensored, unfiltered, raw, personal? Come over to the Patreon. So after we had Zane Weber, we had Chris Bennett, which is a author. He is an author who's published through Trine Day. So, you know, this is another example of how the synchronicities occurred, man. I was just reading these books years ago, not thinking I would ever talk to these authors, not even really thinking I would ever have a podcast. And here I am interviewing Chris Bennett about his book. It was such a cool conversation. Then we had Ari Asselin. Ari was so, so interesting. Ari has so many cool theories. I'm sure people know about him. ParadigmThreat.net. He's a part of our cooperative. And then after that, I had my man Alex Stein on the show. And I've been on Alex's Conspiracy Castle podcast a bunch. He's only been on the show once, but we'll change that. We'll have him back on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast as a guest. He's been on the Patreon because he's a part of the Patreon. And he's also somebody that I work for. I love Alex. He's a good dude. We're both Libras. We don't see eye to eye on everything, but that's okay. You know, like he always, you know, bothers me about Flat Earth. And I'm like, listen, man, I'm not against it. I'm not for it. I'm just neutral, you know. And he's like, well, you haven't looked at the right information yet. You know, you need to look at Don Pettit is what he keeps telling me to do. And I will, Alex, if you listen to this, I will look at Don Pettit. Okay, don't you worry, buddy. So, getting to it, getting to it. Alex Stein, after we had him on, we had my man Michael Wan. The Synchromysticism Defined with Michael Wan. That episode was fucking great. I don't know if you guys notice the music at the beginning of these episodes, but I do it all myself, all right? I don't make the music, but I find free music. It's Creative Commons License 4.0, so we can use it on this podcast for free. And not get, you know, some fucking restriction on us or whatever. And, yeah, that song that I found by Glad Rags, TikTok by Glad Rags, just fit right in to that whole vibe of the show. And I was really, really amazed by the show. And something that happened, you know, I was traveling. I went and visited Mike. And I was real, I was real with him, you know. He did a, a, a chart. A reading of my chart. I told him shit that was going on in my life. And wow. I mean, I don't want to reveal too much right here, right now. You guys can hear more of that on the Patreon. But ever since I had that starboard reading with Mike, my life has gone in, in, a, in a better direction. And I'm really glad to have made that friendship with Mike. He's a really good dude. Another person I would consider a mentor. I mean, look at that, folks. We're already, I mean, we're only at episode fucking, let's see. Episode 21234 episode 25 halfway there and I've already named at least 5 to maybe 8 people who I have really close connections with. I mean really all of the people that have been on the show. 
I have a pretty strong connection with. I think that's just one of the amazing things that is happening here is like you just create these really cool bonds with people. It's not a show. It's not a podcast. It's life. That's what I'm trying to do. Connect with these people. And I hope you guys can sense the authenticity. And this is a long rambling intro, but guess what, fuckers? It's episode 50. So if you don't want to hear it, skip it, bitch. Go to Podcast Addict. If you're not using Podcast Addict or one of the really cool podcasting index 2.0 apps, recommended apps, you probably can't skip the intro. If you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening on iTunes, one of these big, you know, bully companies that wants to bully podcasts and create some kind of exclusivity and, and, you know, run ads on shows and not give the people who create the shows any money for those ads. I mean, folks, I love you. I know you're listening on Spotify. The majority of you are listening to this on Spotify, but please do yourself a favor and just, I mean, I don't even want to recommend Spotify at all, but I listen to music on Spotify. That's probably not great for the musicians who I listen to because I know Spotify doesn't really help them out much. But yeah, if you guys are listening to this podcast on Spotify, A, I appreciate you, but B, I would appreciate it even more if you went that extra step and downloaded a different app to listen to this show because you're going to get more interactivity, more features out of the show if you're using a better app, okay? And you're going to be helping us out too. So just wanted to make that point really clear. How did I get sidetracked into that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Michael Wan is awesome. And one of the, again, one of the many people I've connected with and more projects, really awesome, interesting, synchronistic projects will be coming soon with Michael Wan, the synchro mystic himself. I'm really excited. I've already visited him at his place twice, so we're definitely homies. I'll say that much. And if you're out there, if you're on the East Coast, let me know. I am not shy. I'll come out. I'll hang with you. We'll smoke a blunt. We'll do something. If you want to hang with the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, you can do that. Just reach out. We don't care. Virtually, in person. I'm not social distancing. I don't wear a fucking mask. Anyways, after that, episode 26, Bruce DeTorris, my man Bruce. Bruce is a really good dude. He sent me a copy of his book, God's School, 9-11 and JFK, after I had him on the show. So we're going to have him back after I read the book, for sure, because from what I have read, it's a great book. I've gotten to chapter four, so stay tuned for that, folks. Probably going to do a book breakdown on the Patreon. And uh, Bruce is, again, a good dude. Anytime I talk to him on the phone... Very genuine, very honest. These are the kind of connections I'm making with people on podcasts. And it's it's heartwarming. It's really beautiful. And the next person, <laughs> keeping that streak going, David Way, my man. I've probably mentioned him more than anybody else. Because what he told me, what he taught me, really stuck with me. You know, it, it, ever since that interview, I've mentioned him a bunch. Because he's just so, what he said about move, massage, meditate, and just following your own lead is just so beautiful. So I encourage people to go listen to that interview I did with David Way. We also had my man Andreas Zertus. Andreas is a supercomputer, conspiracy supercomputer, as Sam Tripoli coined. And yeah, he really is, man. He's super brilliant. Uh, very busy guy doing a lot of shit with Tim Poole. So go check them out. He's got a bunch of podcasts spinning around right now recent tartarians advanced philosophy memes which he's kind of gone back to 
pretty soon. But yeah, Andreas Zertis is a badass. I'm happy to know him, happy to be his friend. Chris Prozer. We had Chris Prozer on the show. Chris is the host of the Mensa podcast, and I was just a guest on his show. So by the time this is out, that episode will be out too. Go check that out. Chris is actually also from Connecticut, so that was a cool synchro. And uh, yeah, talking to Chris is awesome. His show's fun. I loved being a guest on it. After that, we had John Potash. John Potash is the filmmaker behind the movie Drugs as Weapons Against Us, the CIA's war against activists and musicians. Did I fuck that up? No. The CIA Drugs as Weapons Against Us, the CIA wars this <laughs> the CIA's war on musicians and activists. There we go. Sorry about that, folks. John Potash, really cool dude. Made me think twice about doing acid for sure. Probably won't do acid ever again in my life. But more on that later. Charlie Robinson joined us, and Charlie's awesome. I mean, that was the first uh, time I've ever podcasted uh, for my podcast out of the Free Thinker Society studio, so that was cool. I was in that studio for that podcast, but Charlie was awesome, man. We got to hear a little bit about how he got into this and some of the more strange stories that he's experienced thus far since taking this journey being red-pilled, taking charge, writing awesome books that have woken up so many people. Charlie's an awesome dude. I talk to him regularly. Good dude. Check out his podcast, Macroaggressions. Macroaggressions is a part of Alt Media United. Then we had Adam Drizzy, the psychedelic history with Adam Drizzy. My man, Adam Drizzy. That was a fun conversation. Adam is the author of Eden and Entheogens. Cool dude. Then we had Andreas Zertis back on again. How could we not? Such a brilliant guy. Couldn't just have one conversation with him. So you got three hours of content overall with me and Exertis. Exertis, as we learned his name is pronounced. I kept pronouncing it wrong. Then we had Steve P. from the Slow News Day. And you guys notice I have trouble pronouncing Steve's last name, too. That's why I call him Steve P. But it's Steve Poikonen. 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 Sorry, Steve, if you're listening to this, I do not know how to pronounce your name, boss. So I've just been calling you Steve P. But Steve is a really awesome dude. He's an activist in the truest sense of the word, standing up for freedom of press, freedom of truth constantly putting his neck out there and fighting the good fight. So go support Steve P. He was an awesome guest. Then we had Alex Kazemi on the show. Alex is a cool dude. I've talked to him a little bit since. Very interesting guy. Very intuitive. The next interview was a big one for me, guys. I'm a huge fan of the Matt and Shane Secret Podcast. So to have Matt McCusker on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast was dope. I knew Matt was a cool guy from listening. You know, obviously, like, we're we're not really a comedy podcast here, but the fact that, you know, I really dig comedy, I love comedy, I love those types of podcasts, I definitely want to include more of that on my show, but I'm not going to pretend like I'm some kind of comedian, guys. So if you think I'm funny, great, but just putting that out there. I didn't have a conversation with Matt because I thought he was funny. I had a conversation with Matt because he's so interesting and brilliant, on top of the fact that he's so funny. I mean, some of the more interesting things they 
they get into on the Patreon for Matt and Shane's Secret Podcast is like this psych gnaw segment that he was doing that really kind of helped me out in a in a spot where I was kind of down, you know. I was at this fucking just a wild place a couple months ago when I did interview him and uh, and I was listening to Psych Gnaw that week and it, it just kind of recalibrated me in a really cool way. Uh, and then after that, I had Dr. Andrew Wakefield on. For those who don't know, I kind of, I did that episode for, for the people I cared about at that time in my life and still do care about a lot of people who might get the jab, who might get the old jab or Rooney. But yeah, it was cool to talk to Dr. Andrew Wakefield because he is just just a really brilliant guy and it's just sad to see how he's been mischaracterized and his reputation's been slandered because talking to him he's brilliant he's a really smart guy I, I definitely don't think he deserves any of that bad reputation that he's given if you search his name Dr. Andrew Wakefield a brilliant brilliant guy and a hero you know he's really standing up for he's standing up for kids how could you how could you hate a guy who who helps save kids and helps mothers find a cure to their child's illnesses? I mean, that's just it's just profound how corrupt this medical industry and pharmaceutical industry is that they won't let people like Dr. Andrew Wakefield do his work because it goes against Big Pharma's agenda. Well, fuck Big Pharma. I think you guys know how I feel about that. I'll take it outside with Big Pharma. You want to fight me, Big Pharma? You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to take me out. Because Ricky Verandez, the next guest we had on, he's in the same boat as me. We are very against Big Pharma. And you know what? That's kind of what we talked about on that episode with Ricky. It was a cool, cool conversation. Ricky is kicking ass with the Ripple Effect podcast. Really an honor to be even, you know, friends with him. I have his phone number. We talk. He's not too far from me. So, yeah, Ricky's a guy I've known about for a long time. I've always respected him, and here I am now, you know, buddies with him. So then we had Brad Olson on the show. For those who don't know, I had Brad Olson's book since <laughs> I was, like, 18. So that was a big moment for me to be able to interview Brad. Shout out to you, Brad. CCC Publishing, great books over there. And we had Joe Roop, Fringe FM. Joe's an awesome guy. Got to get back in touch with Joe. Joe, if you're listening to this, get in touch with me, my man. I want to talk to you. Then we had Lindsay Sharman. Lindsay is a host of Rogue Ways. Lindsay is also a kind soul, very open to conversations, you know, not just on the podcast. I've talked to her off the podcast many times. She does like tarot card readings and other things like that. So she's just, I, I've really appreciated knowing her. She's very, very intuitive and, and cool, all around cool chick. So check her out, Rogue Ways. Then we had Birch Driver, long time coming. I love Birch. He's a cool dude. I've done podcasts with him back in the day on Indieocalypse. And yeah, I had to have him on my show because I knew he was the right guy for the conversation. I wanted to get into Buckminster Fuller and talk about some of that stuff. And I hope you guys like that conversation. Then we had Brian Holtzman, my man, Brian Holtzman. I'm a big fan of Brian ever since he started doing those Instagram videos what, two years ago. 
just so zany and crazy and like I, I don't live in LA, so I don't know. I, I never been to the comedy store. I didn't really know him from that, but that's why he's so legendary because he was a closer. You know, ended the show just like Brody Stevens at the com the comedy store, and just a hilarious dude. And I was, I was always amazed at how receptive he was on Instagram because sometimes I'll just send like a DM like keep up the good work, and and he'd always get back to me. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me conversate with this guy. And I started conversating with this guy. And then he gave me a shout-out on his show. He gave me another shout-out. So then I was like, hey, Brian, come on my show. And sure enough, there he was, Brian Holtzman. That was a fun conversation. Then we did the call-in extravaganza because I just had so many people I wanted to talk to all at once. Shout-out to all of you guys. And we also had Jay Dyer on that night. Jay was really interesting dude. Still is a very interesting dude. I don't know why I said was. Then we had Isaac Weissup on the show. Like I mentioned, me and Isaac hit it off. Jedi Mind Tricks, definitely. both. We we're both big fans of Jedi Mind Tricks. And I had Megan Cush on the show. Megan Cush is awesome. I mean, I, I feel like I need to, to just express to you guys how beautiful... Kush Creams is. I've been using Kush Creams for the past day or two since it arrived in the mail, and my face feels great. I've been putting the Kush Cream on my face because I got I got some, I wouldn't call it acne, but it just seems like, you know, the skin on my face could use a little love, you know? So I put the anti-inflammatory, because back in the day in high school, I had bad acne. When I started smoking cannabis, the anti-inflammatory properties of that really cleared up my can my acne you know at least that's what i thought so yeah the more whole plant cannabis you can have on your skin the better i truly believe that and thank you megan for letting my skin breathe helping me let my skin breathe breathe in fresh air i'm losing my wind here folks but i'm gonna try to rally i kind of jumped over some of the last few shout-outs. So let me just go back and clarify. Jay Dyer, you fucking rock, dude. Jaysanalysis.com. Thank you so much, Jay, for being on the show. Isaac Weisop, you fucking rock, dude. IlluminatiWatcher.com. Check him out. Show him some love. Megan Cush, again, Cush Cream. She sent me such a beautiful care package. I mean, I, I don't even want to get into it. You got to go to the Patreon to hear what I really got from her because it's just, like, too much information. We got to keep that shit secret. Gotta hold hold my my girl Megan Cush, you know, she's a she's a warrior for the herb. She's a plant healer. Okay, we gotta keep her safe. She's a gem. Jason Burmis, the Info Warrior, was on the show, and dude, such an honor talking to you, man. If you ever listen to this, such an honor. Jason Burmis, really awesome guy, filmmaker, podcaster, overall warrior for the truth. Then we had Monica Perez. Monica Perez is a badass again. She's an East Coaster too, so that was fun. Chopping it up with her. Propaganda report. Her co-host Brad Binkley couldn't make it, but that's okay. We'll have him back on the show in the future. We'll have him on for the first time. I don't know why I say back. But Monica was great. Really smart. And it connected so much. Dots. I mean, that's the beauty of this podcast, folks, is Sometimes I just I just ask people to be on the show. I do a little research to make sure I can get a good intro. 
And then I just let it all happen in the now. I ask questions that come to me in the now. Obviously, I know who these people are. I've done enough research over the past year to know enough. So I'm not completely like, you know, it's not like journalism where you're interviewing people you have no knowledge of. But yeah, Monica, some of the things she mentioned just synchronistically flowed into a, things I've been talking about recently, B, things other guests have mentioned, and C, things that the guests mentioned like that same night, Miguel Connor. That episode hasn't come out yet, but yeah, look forward to that. We spoke to Miguel Connor, we spoke to Tim Grimes, we spoke to so many cool people, and here we are now, episode 50 with Tommy Chong. This has gone on for way longer than I thought, folks. But if you stuck around this long for this extended intro, I do appreciate you. Of course, you could have skipped the intro. If you really wanted to, you could have skipped the intro. But that's okay. This is a taste of uh, your host, Mark Palmer. In all my glory. Bearing it all here for you guys, the listeners. Okay? No holds barred. I don't hold anything back. I'm real as fuck. That's the only way these synchronicities keep happening is by being real, being yourself. So don't ever for a second take what I'm saying, the accomplishments I've had the wrong way, folks. I want to inspire you with this show. This is how it's working for me through a podcast, but it can work for you in any possibility, any possible multitude of ways. It doesn't have to be a podcast, folks. It could be anything you're doing. So take what I'm doing is inspiration. I hope you can learn something from this and stick around because this conversation with Tommy Chong was fucking awesome. Really awesome. Shout out to everybody who's been on the show so far. I love all of you. Shout out to everyone who's listened to the show. I just got to say, you know, we got to give a shout out to my boys over in Finland. Kicking ass. The number one Europe, European country listening to the show. I love you guys. Obviously, you know, the English-speaking countries are kind of at the front. We got the United States, Canada, Australia, UK. But Finland, when I saw you guys at number five, I was stoked. I love Finland. I really do. And if you guys know anything about the box saga, you'll know that my man Dan from the Rising Rising from the Ashes podcast is going to be getting into that box saga. And it's all about... A strange, strange story from Finland. So stay tuned for that. Shout out to my homies in Finland. I love you guys for listening to this show. I never thought I could have some Finland friends, some Finnish friends. Shout out to all my Canadian listeners. Shout out to all of the listeners in Australia. Love you guys. Truly love you guys. Don't be insulted by this dumb accent. (laughs) this really shitty Australian accent I just tried to do Uh, shout out to everybody in Ireland I know a lot of Irish folks listen to the show you guys are fucking badasses I love you guys out there in Ireland you know you're living in Atlantis right I hope you guys know that that the last remnants of Atlantis are there in Ireland but anyways this this is a long ass intro folks to a great conversation with Tommy Chong and, uh, and yeah, and Tara, our new co-host, she's really something special. She'll be here more often. I know it. Beautiful soul, that one. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening to the show. I love you guys so much. Truly, this is 
This is what I'm meant to be doing. And I'm glad you guys, I'm glad you guys support it. So go over to patreon.com, show us some love. Enjoy this episode. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. I'm your host, Mark Palmer. With me today for the first time is our special new co-host, Tara. Tara, how are you? Hey, 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 what's up? Tara, where did you pick her up? (laughs) We'll get to that in a moment, Tommy. Was she she hitchhiking a ride somewhere else and you got her? Oh, yeah, we picked her up in the VW. (laughs) Of course, Adam. Jay, thanks for joining us. Without further ado, our very, very special guest. He is the first celebrity we've ever had on the show. Someone I've known about my whole life. Someone who Jay's mother saw on her first date with her with Jay's father when they went and saw Up and Smoke. So, Tommy, it's a pleasure 
to have you here, man. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. If you knew what I was going through with all the Zoom calls, we're very lucky. I'm just leaving everything. I'm not touching anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's really cool to have you here, man, while we do. The lockdown, I know you're going to be comfortable with this uh, tech stuff, but this has been keeping you busy, right? Meeting all these different people in the podcasting world. Do you listen to any podcasts? Actually, I'm too busy doing them, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I, I, no, actually, I, I, I don't, you know, unless my son, you know, forces me to, uh, <laughs> you know, I got to listen to whatever he would listen to. No, but, you know, I'm familiar, you know, with Joe Rogan, and that's about it, you know. I, I'm more of a, if I'm not uh, doing it, I'm making a pipe or, smoking weed or doing something that doesn't require a lot of thought yeah that's why i got her next to me she's about to roll something up for us um that's what i've been rolling I'm, i was with dr green thumb do you know who he is uh, yeah be course. real yeah, yeah yeah and he gave me a, a big goodie bag and i've been smoking that and it's been pretty nice pretty nice very nice, very nice. yeah you're definitely a connoisseur i'm sure it's great weed so, Tommy, we like to start every conversation with, you know, how you got started in all this. And you have an extremely unique story. I know you came from uh, Canada originally. And uh, from what I hear, you, you took the hard way to where you are now to be as successful as you are now. I also dropped out of college, so I resonate with you completely. When did when did you first smoke weed? I mean, was that a big step in your life towards this Korean. Anyway, it was it was a big it was it was a big deal because I grew up in the in the fifties sixties you know, and I, I got out of school in, in 57, 58, somewhere around there. Yeah, I realized actually it was after I smoked my first joint. Then I realized you know I'm wasting everybody's time at school, you know. So so I quit and then I you know. One thing about Canada, there's no such thing as unemployment <laughs> unless you're hurt. Yeah. <laughs> because there's a job for everybody in Canada because, you know, it's so kind of tough living there, like living in Russia, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so when I quit school, I, I, I worked, I was always a musician. I, I've been playing guitar since I was eight years old, wow. but I was never a guitar player. I was always a guy that could play backup, lead, you know, uh, a company. You know, I started off with a fiddle player uh, when I was eight years old, and and I was backing him up. And then I, then as I got older, you know, I was in army cadets, and then we would jam, you know, in between, you know, the, doing the army stuff. And and I hooked up with uh, another native. I found out I'm I'm part native, and we did a little Elvis. Uh, uh, impersonation thing when Elvis first came out, if you can believe that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was the early Elvis, the, the Heartbreak Hotel Elvis. And then I got I got into jazz. I got into more listening to jazz, hanging out because there was a, a jazz club that would allow musicians to come for free if you brought your your instrument with you. And and I did, you know, and I they didn't have to worry about me playing because I couldn't play a, a lick of jazz, you know, but I got in free. And then one day, a, a jazz musician, Chinese guy by the name of Raymond Ma, he showed up 
right from L.A., and he had a joint and a Lenny Bruce record. And he handed them both to me. It was kind of serendipity. You know, there was it was kind of ordained. And I was 17 years old, and I put the joint in my pocket because I wasn't going to smoke anything without uh, thinking about it. And so he lit one up, and he handed me, and so we, I toked up for the first time. And I was a natural, by the way. You know, I, I didn't say, what do you do now? You know, I just took it and, like I've been smoking weed all my life, you know, yeah. took a toke. But that first toke, oh, my God. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was listening to Ornette Coleman, very modern jazz uh, player. And, and the tune was called Lonely Woman because I had them. I asked everybody, you know, what the name of the tune was. And, and that was it. Are you hearing me? Oh, yeah. I'm wondering, when you were first getting into smoking, was it more of a social thing for you? Or did you find yourself smoking by yourself? When I got into it, that was a big deal, a big awakening when I actually yeah. time to meditate with the herb. Was that your experience? Well, because it was so frowned on in, in Canada, you know, the, the evil weed, I, 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 I didn't let anybody know you know, that I had it. I, I kept it very secret. In fact, the band, uh, there was a couple of guys in the band, well, one for sure, Bernie, the, or, the organ player. He was the other guy that was smoking, and we both uh, kept it from the other guy because the lead singer was uh, anti-everything, anti-alcohol, anti-cigarettes, everything. You know, the guy was a, a football player, Straight uh, running back. And so he was very healthy. And, and the other guys in the band, well, they're, you know, we not, we didn't really weren't that close. But yeah, I kept it. I was a loner. And, and that joint that Raymond gave me, it lasted almost a month. I'd just take a, t a couple of tokes and put it out. And that's all I needed. And to this day now, I'm, I'm very, you know, what do you call it? Tolerance or high tolerance? <laughs> Well, I, I I don't need a lot. I just need a yeah. couple of tokes, and okay. then I put it out. You know, I, it's a habit that I've kept all my life. Yeah. And that way, that way, that one joint last, like I said, it lasted me a whole month because that was a, I never got any uh, weed after that until we went to Vancouver, and then then we the the dealers started coming around selling us pinners. You know what pinners are? Yeah. They're skinny little, look like toothpicks. And but they were good enough. There was enough marijuana dust in there to get you high enough to play and, and really enjoy music. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So that was a big part of your creative process getting into this. Obviously, you oh, totally, it, but... but but I got to tell you, the song I wrote that made us put us on the map. You know, the "Does Your Mama Know About Me?" That was written after I snorted coke for the first time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so the cocaine gave me that, whoa, in the, the, the clear the clarity. So I, I, yeah. I, back in the day, there's no phones to write on. So I wrote longhand, you know, on a, on a yellow uh, pad. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, this player, arranger, you know, he saw my poems and we we're looking for songs to do for Bobby Taylor. And, and he took my poem and he said, Do you mind if I? work on this and he came up with that song and it i think it got to number 28 or something like that in the r&b charts you know right. did well 
Yeah. And from what I've gathered, learning about your life, that was in a serendipitous way, like smoking that first joint was one of these opportunities where you get involved with more cool people. You start, you know, building these uh, networks, so to speak, and things start snowballing from there. Obviously, you got into comedy. That Elvis impression that you mentioned doing, was that like the first time you got like some laughs going in front of people? Was that like a... Well, it was, yeah, Dick Bird, he he passed away, but he, yeah, he was that, you know, he's the kind of guy that would sing Elvis and do the whole movements and that. And he was he was like a singer guitar player, mm. you know. And I was a backup guitar player. We never really had a lead because we never had, you know, I'd never I always played with the fiddle player and he was the lead, you know, and I never took a solo or even thought of taking a solo. <laughs> I, I was just trying to keep up with everybody, you know. Yeah. So you mentioned cocaine kind of giving you this little boost there. Had you ever ventured very far into the psychedelia at that age or as you oh, grew older? Well, like not at that mushrooms? age. No, no, that no, well, I was in my twenties by the time I tried cocaine. And before I did cocaine, I did uh, LSD. Hmm. And that was when it was called try this. and and we didn't know no one knew what it was you know i mean the guys that gave it to me and by the way the guys that gave it to me they were connected with bob dylan in a in a way he he wrote he was you know that song dylan wrote well hey mr tambourine man yeah yeah well he was he was a tambourine player that turned everybody on to to lsd Wow. You know, or to whatever drug. Yeah. A, a lot of them were, you know, they're playing around with heroin, but they also were trying all the other drugs, you know. And but I never, I, 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 I had a thing against heroin. Right. You know, there, that image of, of a guy laying in the gutter with a needle in his arm, you know, kind of stuck yeah. in my head, you know. Yeah, I could never get that. over that. Yeah, I mean, so many people in that position of fame, and yeah. especially musicians, get triggered into that I, we spoke to a gentleman by the name of john potash who made a film called drugs as weapons against us and he shows some of the evidence that the cia was putting acid in the music scene in that time i mean were you a fan of grateful dad or any of that type of scene when that was developing because that's where a lot of acid was we were uh, we were kind of like i was before the grateful dead i was more uh, like the beatles Right. You know, uh, we started out much like the Beatles before the Beatles. <laughs> and, and, and uh, yeah, I, I was back. I was one of the first. Well, in fact, I had the first R&B band in Western Canada. And the one in Eastern Canada was the one that Dylan eventually used, the band, you know, with Robbie and those guys. What were they called? Ronnie Hawkins and the Hawks. Mm. See, they were East Coast and, and Bobby, T- not Bobby Taylor, but Tommy Milton. Little Daddy and the Bachelors, or our first name was the Shades because mm. we're all different colors, and, and that was our first band. But no, yeah, our, like we we had a lot of athletes in our in our band, and so we weren't druggies at all, and we weren't really good musicians either. We were like the first punk band because <laughs> we got a job one time. We took up the 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 Glenn Miller type, you know, with the horns, you oh, know, yeah. the well, dance band. My grandfather they had a, from Canada loves Glenn Miller. 
Yeah, well, there was a whole summer park. See, in Canada, you know, you got these these parks. Mm-hmm. I guess they're government owned or whatever. Boness Park was the one in Calgary. And they had a bandstand and they would have dances. And and so one summer with with the new band, the the owner of the, the venue wanted us in there, you know. <clears throat> and we didn't even know how to count a tune in. We just look at each other like punk guys do, you know, look at each other. You ready? Okay. And we start playing. <laughs> and then we got real musicians with us, you know, that said, oh no, you gotta count, you know, one, two, oh one, you know. <laughs> And, and and then the musician union guy came on along, you know, when we're getting the gig, because it was the first like real gig that we got. And he says, you got to join the union. And we all, why? He says, so you can play here. And we said, well, we're already playing here. He says, but you have to be in the union. But why? So you can play here. I don't understand. We're playing here. Why do we, and the owners? I'll I'll, I'll take care of you. <laughs> and he's, he he got us. He paid our dues, you know. Because again, it was the, you know the music industry. You know, he had these guys that walked around and made sure musicians got paid, and you know that kind of thing. But we were so green, but we attracted people, man. You know, because we had the good-looking guys, and you know the hot, you know the whole that whole thing. You know, like the lead singer was was beautiful, running back, really handsome, beautiful smile, black as can be. And, and we were hot, but we we're so good that we got kicked out of Calgary because we were that good. <laughs> we attracted so many people there and all kinds of people, you know, the 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 hoodlums, you know. The, so we got the, deported out of there. But. You know, as far as the drug use goes, the the piano the piano player Bernie he passed away, but him and I, like we did acid together. It was an artist, a, a lady artist, Helen, that gave us uh, turned us on to acid. Again, it wasn't called. We didn't know what it was called. It's called well here, just try it. What do you do? What's it going to do? And it was like you'll see. It was like try this. What's going to happen? You will see. And we did see. <laughs> and it was so funny how Bernie kept looking in the mirror. He kept looking in the mirror and seeing his face, you know, melt and all that stuff. I went outside and sat under a tree, and and the birds and, and it was a cherry tree. And the birds were feeding on the cherries, and I was sitting there just just going through all sorts of changes with, with in, inside me. And then the second time I did acid. It was with a friend, and she was very young, and she was like a friend of the bands, and and we were good friends. And then now she's my wife, and we've been together ever since. Oh, wow. So that acid, there's a, a little a bit of uh, cosmic action going, you know. You got to be careful who you do acid with. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're, you're still with her. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, well, wow. Do you plan on getting out now that things are kind of opening back up? Or you have any trips planned? Or I'm, I'm not looking forward to doing the doing the 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 gigs again you know in fact i'm kind of my my son you know he's our manager he's got a few lined up for us you know but they they have to be you know just 
really easy gigs and and you know I've, I've sort of retired the the get it legal show because it's legal yeah. and yeah i'm kind of heading well first of all we got our own dispensaries you know we're going to have our own worldwide pot uh, entrepreneurs i i'm looking to be one of the richest uh people in uh, on the planet you know because of the, because <laughs> of the, you, yeah yeah i love it yeah yeah no i i i realize and and i've got some phenomenal ideas of how we can fix the planet yeah. you know for instance you know the movie industry needs to go back to where they used to be with the moral clauses in there you know the they they were very morally you know Pleased themselves they you know kind of overdid it a lot you know and they're a little racist in their approach but but i can see how movies could uh, uh, really do a positive thing for our our civilization you know because you can control events in the movies it's very hard to control events in real life <clears throat> because there's so many so many cooks and, and not enough bottle washers you know so we you know i've got this this plan and and and, and it, it, it all everything takes money and money is power and and when you use it properly you can affect change you know you got to be careful at least i i know you have to be careful because earth really is a school we're only you know we're we're all of us we we are eternal beings you know we've always been here you know, there's never been a beginning, never will be an end. And so we're, we're entities that have always been here. And now we're learning. And the only way you can learn is to be in a physical plane somewhere, you know, because in the spiritual world, there's nothing to learn because there's no want, need or desire because there's nothing physical to 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 collect, you know, Separate. in the in the spiritual world, the only thing you collect is love, because that's what the spiritual world is made out of. You know. Now, when you come into the physical world, we're we're here to take to learn, and and when you learn, and the reason, you know, we we have to take courses over and over again, you know, like you do in school, like you, you fail at one thing, then you have to take that course over again until you eventually pass it. And, and, and that's, that's the nature of the physical world. Because if you look into the, into the heavens, you, you see, you know, what looks like beautiful little twinkle, twinkle, little star. Well, that twinkle, twinkle, little star, if, in reality, it's a huge ball of chemicals reacting with each other and burning intense heat that would melt everything and uh, and then they collide with other <laughs> uh, heavenly objects and and out of that is the chaos is 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 the universe that we're living in mm. and earth is this little spaceship that going around the sun and and a lot of people think that you know oh there's like ufos for instance now i was asked about the ufo and think about it man there's drones that's what they are they're drones 
just like we've got a drone in, in, in Mars right now. So if there's any Martians over there, they're looking at this thing and saying, wow, did you see that? You know, there's no one operating it. It's, it's by itself. It's a drone. And, and so Earth itself is a school. We're all in school right now. And that's why we're all together in this particular space and time. Like we're, we're all united. And, and eventually I will pass into a, a, another entity and you will, everybody does, you know, yeah. but what, what we're here to learn. And, and, and that's why it's, it's, that's why we have wars, you know, and we will always have wars. You know, people always say when anything disaster happens, they, I never want this to happen to anybody else again. Well, you can bet your bottom dollar if it happened to you, it'll happen to millions of other people over and over again, you know. Yeah. So 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 as we evolve with intelligence, you see, that's why when people say to me, Oh, that a artificial intelligence, AI, oh, you know, that they're gonna control our minds. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> in in a good way, because Bad way is just ignorance. You know, anything bad or evil is just ignorance. It's just not doing it the proper way. Mm. And so, but we're here to learn. And, 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 and we're here to learn so much, so much to learn. You know, and that's why we keep coming back, coming back, coming back. We've always been here. Yeah. You know, we were here during the dinosaurs, you know. Absolutely. Uh, in one form or another. And and we were creatures of the sea. Yeah, because if you look at uh, the human body, there's a lot of parts that we used to need when we don't have it. Like we have a tailbone when we used to swing you know, from the mountain, from the trees. And we have, I think, gills, uh, like the appendix, for instance. Uh, it was something that I think helped us digest vegetation or, you know, because yeah. we've always been here and we're yeah. just evolving into other other beings but and 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 because we are spiritual beings <clears throat> there's laws of the spiritual laws that were written in bibles and holy books and and all sorts of you know history has been written you know and that's what the bible is the bible is uh, pure history yeah it's been it's been, it was written by writers, and so it's been exaggerated in a few places. But if you look at the core message of the Bible, it tells you everything you need to know. You know, like the Lord's Prayer, for instance, our Father who art in heaven. That's a simple thing. He's in heaven. He's not here on earth. He's in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. The name of our Father which is God, has incredible power. Incredible. Now, you have to have faith to go with the name. But if you have faith and you mention just the name, if you just think of the name, just think of God, you've got so much power at your fingertips. But it's power that is that will help you evolve. And if it doesn't help you evolve, then it's not 
you know, you can't say, hey, God, I'm going to rob a bank. Uh, watch my back for me, okay? It doesn't work that way. But if you say, like I do all the time, God, where's my phone? Where did I leave my phone? And that phone appears. It, it appears just like that. <laughs> so, so that's the kind of and and people can't know that now. You, the reason I'm telling you this is you asked me. So, so I have to learn to be quiet because I got turned on to these these secrets through books. There's a a book I read, Emmett Fox, and I got turned on to Emmett Fox through Joe Goldsmith. There's two writers that I, that I read all the time. They will lay down everything you need to know about this human existence of ours. But only certain people will absorb that information because we are the teachers. We are the people that are supposed to uh, help people. You know, we're the, we, we know the directions to Disneyland. You know what I mean? And, and that's what I consider religion. Religion is like Disneyland. And unless someone asks you directions to Disneyland, you don't just come up to a stranger and say, hey, you want to go to Disneyland? This is how you do it. You go down, you know, you get on the bus or whatever. And, and so that's, that, like the holy books that I read, they tell you, you know, don't share this message with people that don't want to hear it. Mm. you know you this know, is a message that that you got to be asked and when you're asked then i can i can give it i can give you the the answers right yeah and tommy your your answer your wisdom is right at home here this is the type of conversation we love to have often and you're you're resonating with a past guest a taoist monk who studied in china and his exact philosophy when i asked him like hey man does your family think you're crazy He's like, I don't care if my family thinks I'm crazy. I just move, massage, meditate, follow my path. And if they like yeah. what I'm doing, they follow the lead and they ask. But you're absolutely yeah. right. We can't be interventionists. We have to be nope. leading by example, you know, and, and you definitely did that in your career. I mean, I really just would love to point out the fact that like your movies are so hysterical and I think they changed the perception of cannabis across the world in such a really beautiful yeah. way, you know, because yeah. the propaganda that, you know, William Hurst and all these other scumbags from the early 20th century, you know, all the racial insensitivity and hatred that they conveyed with this anti-marijuana BS, you really just put a fun little pin in that and pop that balloon. And that's the, that's the idea is like, don't fight fire with fire, fight fire with love, fight hate with love. And like oh. humor is love. Be like water. Yeah. Be like water. Where is he? <laughs> See water, water conquers, water conquers all, but it does it very slowly, quietly. And eventually, you know, we, because we are water, mm. you know, we're 90% water, all of us. And, and if you listen to the, the scientists, they will tell you that every drop of water that was ever here when Earth was created is still here. See, you well, talk about well, eternal. Take that in, folks. I mean, Tommy just dropped a big truth bomb on us. Every drop of water that's ever been on the planet is still here. I love that because it 
it totally is in line with what you're talking about, about this reincarnation and the recycling. You know, you don't yeah. just have one life. You're a part of the whole. Contribute back because karma, reincarnation, those are yeah. consequences to your actions here now on school earth. And if you fail, you're yeah. coming back for an even harder lesson, you know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, that was, again, biblically speaking. When, when Jesus like, cured, I forget, was one of them, you know, one of the people that needed cure. I think it was maybe the 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 the, the hooker or, or one of them. And, and all he said was, go and sin no more, lest worse things happen to you. Mm. You see? Now, if you don't learn your lesson, then you get a, a, a harder lesson. And uh, less worse things happen to you. Now, this is a man, this is a rabbi, by the way, talk, telling us. Because think about it. Jesus was never a Christian. Never. Jesus would, wouldn't recognize a bishop or a pope if, if, you, if you put him on. He'd go, what? He was a rabbi. And rabbis are teachers. And it's all in the Bible. Rabbi. They called him rabbi. And Rabbi is a teacher. He was just a teacher that could heal. And he could scare the shit out of everybody because he would, he did it without any any and any props or any army or any anything. He did it with words. Mm. Think about that. Yeah. Think about it. He changed the whole world with words. Words, nothing else. Yeah. The first testament, you know, they gotta put all the he stopped, you know, God stopped the wars and God's on my side. And, and and he parted the Red Sea so that the Hebrews could, you know, all that stuff. Well, that makes good movies. But the truth is, the man of peace come along and he just talked to people. That's all he did. Yeah. And he just reminded them who they are. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, and that's know, what that's what I try to do when, when I like I do cameos and that and they ask for advice and that, you know, mm. I try to remind everybody how special they are, you know, because when you're alive on Earth, you're special. You're so special. You're you, you are a piece of God. And that's all you have to do. And when you do, when you know that. Then you don't have to say anything. You know, you don't have to preach. You don't have to worry about anybody else. In yoga, it's called stay on your own towel. You know. Yeah. So, Tommy, I have a question for you. Sure. Uh, I mean, as Mark said earlier, my parents did see your movie Up in Smoke on their first date. And my mom wanted me to mention that to you. You're you, your knowledge and in your experience, I asked this question to a former guest, and we also had a, another guest talking about the history of cannabis, but what is your thoughts on, like, the connection between God and cannabis? Well, again, it's, in the, it's, it's written in the, in the Bible. That's the burning bush that Moses talked to, you know. God appeared to Moses in the form of a burning bush. And then all throughout the Bible, they mentioned Canna. Canna was also involved in, 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 what's his name, Samson and Delilah. You know, that's what gave him the strength. There's all sorts of, they allude to Canna. And, and there's a religious sects in India now that, that smoke 
we in, in, go into into a state of bliss, you know. So that is, see, it's not just cannabis that are that we're sharing the world with. You know, cannabis is our connection to to say to the plant world where we actually take a, a bit of it. But you take LSD, which came from the the spores of wheat, you know, wheat that got infected and and like mushrooms, for instance. The, the trees alone they can they communicate under the ground with their roots. That's where their communication is, not the top. The top is like for the birds and for the animals and for the humans and for everybody else. That that's that's the top of the tree. Underneath the roots, that's where they connect and that's where they they communicate. And and like for instance, fungi, you know, that it covers most of the earth. And there's communication and there's uh, all sorts of very very spiritual things going on with with living. Uh, things on earth i my my daughter gave me a book on on trees mm. and oh i'm just freaking out on them because some of the trees you know that I, in my book they're like two thousand years old they were here when when jesus was being butchered you know wow. being tortured yeah. wow. and, and so 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 and we're part of it see you know what our job is really <laughs> god yeah, nature about. puts on this great show okay but if we weren't here who would be able to enjoy it or record it or write songs about it or make art about it nobody yeah. see yeah. our job really is to behold and it says in the bible behold the greatness of of, of the kingdom yeah and that's that's our job now just like going to a concert there, there are a lot of people that go to concerts and they never see the concert because they're either working there or they're there for some other reason. And, and so they're involved in something else. And that's like a lot of the population of the world. They're here, but they don't notice that what they're living, they don't notice the paradise that they're living in, you know, because they're, they're, they haven't evolved to that point yet. But our job as human beings is to see the beauty can you imagine of this whole universe how many live on a planet that goes around a sun at the proper distance and on, we're on a ball of of, uh, of earth or rocks and it's spinning at the proper right time that gives us all those the seasons and that we can grow what we need to eat Mm. Uh, or or we can or the animals can we can share it with everybody i mean it is such a miracle yeah you know and when you look at it that way especially when you look at what's out there the rest of the universe now i told joe rogan i said i think that this universe as vast as it is as endless as it is belongs to the earth yeah. it's our universe there's no other there's no other earth like it yeah. Because that's how vast th this universe is. I mean, when you talk about endless, our brains aren't equipped to, to even be with it. You know, the, 
the scientists always say, well, the edge of the universe. There's no edge. <laughs> it's the edge of what they can see with their instruments. Yeah. That that's their edge. Yeah. But there there's going to be other and so on and so on. It's going to go, and then eventually we're going to be able to time travel like the UFOs do. You know, go into other areas. You know, and that's what that's what we're seeing. When you see a UFO, we're seeing advanced technology, and like I say, it's probably a, a drone. <laughs> yeah. Now, we've heard many theories on aliens here. If I could give you three options to pick from, do you think aliens most likely come from A, underground, B, under the ocean, or C, outer space? What was Oh, your... way out of, out of space. Outer space. There's, there's, uh, there's a little hole in the, you know, they find them. Just like the black holes right now. Right. right. That, that'll suck everything in, and, and where does it go? It goes to another universe. Well, have you heard uh, about the uh, UFO disclosure that's coming up at the end of the month? Do you have any thoughts on what the government's going to tell us about aliens at the end of June? At least well, first of all, they'll, they'll, they'll tell you that it's uh, unmanned spacecraft. <laughs> that's what they'll tell you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and besides, uh, they're such an advanced species how can they communicate with us? We're, we're still we're still trying to find ways to feed everybody here. Mm. <laughs> we're still trying to find a ways to, to to convince people that just because your skin's a, a, a different color doesn't mean that you're you're an alien. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, at the time period through which you've lived your life, I mean, we've described it on the show as the age of Aquarius. Is this a term that you're familiar with? Yep. Do you resonate with this idea that yep. we are now in a new zodiacal type archetype that's changing the energy of the planet? You know, Aquarian is less of a dual energy like Pisces. It's more of an informative and clarifying energy. What are your thoughts on the age of Aquarius, Tommy? Well, you know, I, I believe it. I believe the Zodiac, you know, the Chinese believed in it, you know, very, very much so. That's why the dragon, you know, the Chinese symbol, there's no such thing as a dragon. It's all about people's personalities, you see. It's, it's, and the same as uh, the year of the rat or the year of the donkey or whatever. It's, it's your personality trait. Mm. And by the way, I believe that as spirits, we come back as animals. We come back as uh, bugs. We come back as ants. I, I no, totally believe that. We come back as as trees, grass, you know, because eternity, man, we have time. <laughs> There's no reason why we can't, you know. There's no reason we can't really be a, be a, a rock because a rock, yeah, like when I was in the desert, we were shooting our, our movie, and when, whenever I'm in the desert, I'm always looking at the ground because you can find uh, meteorites, you know, and, and they're, they look like rocks, but they're heavy because they're pure iron. Yeah. And so, so, you know, a lot of people think a desert, oh, it's just nothing but dirt and a few cactus. No, it's alive with so much life. And it's life that has to deal with the with the the direct sun and that. Oh, this if if you know, you know, if you got any kind of inkling of what's going on around you, man, you you can never be bored. You know, I I'm you know when I was in prison, I had so much 
time on my hands, but not really. You know, I had to be in a certain place and for counts and everything else. I couldn't really live my life like here, like I do here. But no, I can't even do it here. What am I talking about? <laughs> I've always got shit to do, you know. But one thing I did have in prison was time to read and time to 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 observe, you know, and, and just enjoy. And that's what I am doing right now with my life now. Because that's why I can go on these podcasts and have so much fun because people ask me questions, you know, because when you're a grandpa at home and I tell the grandpas this, enjoy the fact that you're isolated <laughs> because you're sitting, you're sitting there by yourself because you're too old to do a lot of shit that everybody else has to do. But I, I, I'm really enjoying my life, and I'm really enjoying the knowledge that I, that I gained from, you know, experimenting with, with LSD and with, with all the drugs, you know. So, Tommy, yeah. when you've been so interested in spirituality, were you always this interested when you were younger also, or has it really come got, with, uh, older age? I got turned on really young. Because I grew up in the country, and my mother had TB, and so she was quarantined for five years. You talk about being down for two or one, five years she was in the sanitarium. So, and my dad was in the Second World War, and he had some issues. And so, <clears throat> I, I started out my conscious memory in a hospital, and that's where I met beautiful nurses. I was a little guy, and the nurse would kind of hug the little brown guy. You know, always oh, so cute. And so I got turned on to nice, beautiful smelling women <laughs> real early in life. <laughs> and then I went from the hospital to a Salvation Army home, like an orphanage. And so I spent about a year or so in the orphanage. And then I got out, and then we got a little a hippie cabin with no indoor, no electricity, no outdoor plumbing, outdoor toilets and that and so my first 10 15 years of my life was was that kind of life in the country and and the only entertainment i had <clears throat> when you're young was church was sunday school that was the only time only reason to get dressed up and so when i went to sunday school at an early age i really got turned on to the to the teachings, Sunday school teachings are so beautiful because they don't, they, they just do the beautiful stuff. You know, they teach you the real pretty stuff and how to pray. And, and I learned how to pray. And uh, I went to summer camp. I went to uh, a church camp again, where my brother and I were walking down a old dirt road and this car pulled up and you don't see cars in the country often. And, and they were, they were a bunch of Christians looking for poor kids to send to uh, their Bible camp. And we were one of them, and I went to Bible camp, and that's really where I learned about show business, because every cabin, you had to put on a little play for, for the rest of the camp, and there was no radio, and so the guy, had got, one of the guys would sing uh, Christian songs around a campfire, and they were party songs, you know, fun songs, you know, and then during the day, we just learned about all the, the pretty Bible stories, and I was so in, I was so ready for it, you know. I just my, no, my brother, he was there. He was off being bad, you know, 
doing things that older kids would do, you know, and and doing things they weren't supposed to do, of course. And but me, I I was right totally into it, and 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 I really learned when you learn how to pray. That that's kept me out of trouble, you know, kept me out of everything all, all my life because it's not a matter of right or wrong; it's a matter of being knowing that there is a presence that is there that will always be there and and that you have nothing to fear you know in fact in order to to ignite this presence uh, all you need is faith and and that's what they gave you you know at the bible camp now i can't t- talk for everybody but i know it really, really had an effect on me because I think uh, I, I'm one of those guys that were sort of okay picked. I, you know, you know, I, I I feel that I was picked, and the reason I, I feel that is when I was in New York one time, I was in my 30s, you know, well in my 30s, uh, going to the gym, and halfway to the gym, I, I felt something turn me like steer me toward this publishing house, Harper Collins publishing house. And and I I, I I could feel this power. And I was like kind of questioning myself, why am I going in here? And then I felt myself taken right over to this book stand. Like like there was a power just take me over. And then my hand, something grabbed my hand and reached down and I picked up Joel Goldsmith's autobiography. And so then, oh, I looked at it because I'd been reading spiritual books, you know, Catherine Ponder and a few others, Lobsang, T. Lobsang Rampa, another Buddhist, uh, Tibetan Buddhist. And so I was on that path. But this is how freaky this works. I took the book to the cashier. She took my money and I took the book home. And I read it, and it really did change my life. Now, remember this name, Joel S. Goldsmith. Now, I want you guys, you go online, you'll see him. He'll, he'll be there, and uh, he's got books and tapes and everything. He, he's not with us anymore. He, he, was, he was in the First World War. Uh, that's how, long, how far back he goes. But he was a Christian scientist. He was a Jew, Christian scientist. And but anyway, he he explained everything to me. And then in his book, he mentions Emmett Fox. And Emmett Fox is another a spiritualist that, that I now I'm, I'm more into Emmett Fox now than I than I am into Joel, because Emmett Fox is like a day to day, you know, and, and you'll, you'll, you'll see it. Now, that's the secret. Now, the, the, the thing, because you asked, see, I would never lay this on anybody unless they ask me because yeah i did it with 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 my my family i tried to turn my family on i tried to turn my wife on and 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 she's not ready you know there's people that they're they're just not ready they let me do it that's my life you know they say okay no that's your life And, and i say great you know because hey you know everybody's ready you know not everybody wants to learn how to ride a bike Mm. So is it fair to say, Tommy, that your family might think you're crazy? 
Oh no, they know I'm crazy. <laughs> there, there's no, there's no thinking. Of, there's no thinking going on. Oh wow! So you're right at home on this show, Tommy. I love it. I mean, we don't want to take up any of your time. We know you only have an hour, but my co-host Jay, he's he's very shy. Sometimes he needs a little nudge, but I know he's got a question for you, Jay. You want to ask okay. that question now? Uh, yeah, I mean, not to get back to the music stuff, but. I mean, there are all were, musicians here. We got Jay, the drummer, Mikey, the lead guitarist. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, I'm just really curious. I mean, you guys back in like the Vancouver days were writing some pretty staple music that was changing the industry, right? So yeah, what, what kind of inspiration were you like? What music were you listening to at the time when, when you were making those those records to sort of inspire that sound? Because that sound is so... It is what's so unique about that time period, you know? Yeah, it was uh, jazz. It was Miles, Miles Davis, inspired. The Family Stone was a big inspiration. Marvin Gaye, what's going on, is still to this day, you know, the tune that I love most. And you know what I loved about Marvin Gaye's What's Going On is that he used the Detroit football team as background. Yeah. In in the party wow. scene, you know, what's going on? And hey, what's up, man? That that's on the the Detroit football team where where Marvin was a great athlete, but phenomenal musician and phenomenal singer and phenomenal writer. Everything he did, and and I was just watching a uh, Sam Cook. Sam Cook was another one. Oh yeah, and they all died. By the hand, uh, they were, were shot. Marvin Gaye was killed by his dad, and and Sam Cooke was killed by a motel, a black motel owner. Marvin, they thought Sam Cooke thought the hooker that he had been with. In fact, he was in the shower, and she stole his money, and 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 so he he went half naked, banging on the on the the door, you know, of the motel owner who was probably in on it. And she pulled out a gun and shot him dead. So, so you know, the the music industry. Yeah, yeah, it was Motown. Bobby Taylor, the singer, he, he taught us how to sing harmonies and that. And he was such a great, great singer because with his voice, we, we could copy every band. And I was a, like, a, you know, copying all the 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 R&B bands and that, you know. But again, I wasn't really a dedicated guitar player. In fact, I wasn't on my uh, own record, you know. I couldn't right. play guitar good enough. They, they used the studio musician, you know, you know, guys that could take a uh, thing. Because with me, uh, I'll play when, when the mood hits me, you know, but I can't turn it on and off like these uh, studio musicians can, you know. Mm. Uh, in fact, I have a hard time with amplifiers and shit, you know. <laughs> because I just want to play. I don't want to have to deal with the sound and all that crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I like. I, I grew up with a, a standard guitar. I, I still got the same guitar that uh, my mother. She bought this cheap Sears uh, robot guitar, and when she was pregnant, she'd hold it against her tummy with me and just strum it. And then years went by, and, and that was the guitar that I learned how to play and learned how to make money using that guitar. <laughs> and pieces, uh, I had it in pieces for a while because our bass player borrowed it one time and, and it fell apart. And so I just had it remade 
you know, read that. And it's just a object now. But no, I, yeah, you know, the, the music industry was, it, it opened the door for me, mm. you know, because I was more of a talker than it was a, a, plic, a, a guitar player. Yeah. Wow. Well, I want to uh, thank you so much for joining us on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, Tommy. It's really an honor to <laughs> absorb this wisdom from you. I really, yeah, I love it. I mean, years and years of, of honest, hard work and thought and real, you know, reflection. And here we are now, you know, absorbing this. Well, from, I really, I really appreciate it. Well, what I want to tell everybody is uh, a little trick. When, when you, the first thing when you wake up in the morning, fill yourself up with love. Like you feel like, like I got an electric Tesla now and I always got to plug it in and fill it up with electricity and gas in order to run. You got to fill up your car with gas. Well, humans, we got to fill ourselves up with love. And it's very easy to do because all you have to do, in order, you can't have two thoughts in your mind at the same time. So whenever the negative start creeping in, just kick it out. Just say, I will deal with you later. Right now, i got to fill myself up with love. And so you think of all, that's what art is all about, by the way. Art has that vibration that, that you're attracted to it immediately, you know. And, and so when you wake up in the morning, close your eyes and keep no whatever. But just think about filling yourself up. You start with your toes and work your way up, all the way up to the, to the top of you. And when you're totally filled with love, when you're bursting with love, that's when you start your day. Yes. Look at this, Tom. I like that. I Great. like that. an effect on us for sure. I love it. I mean, I, I, yeah. I think we're going to see it. I'll give you another one, one, one more tip <laughs> because you guys asked. I love, I love you so much. I, I got it. Okay. We appreciate that. <laughs> when, when you get a, uh, this is called the golden key. First of all, check out Emmett and, and, and Joel. Already Emmett, wrote them Fox, down. Emmett Fox, he's got a thing called the golden key. And it's very simple. When you're confronted with any problem whatsoever, don't think of the problem. Think of God. Mm. Okay. It's like you, and the, the word God, that's all. Not who God is or what he's done or what he should do. Because that's a, that's a mistake people make. They pray to God for things. Well, God's spiritual. The only thing God can do is take the problem out of your hands and fix it for you. That's all he can do. You know, just like, you know, when you're trying to fix your phone and a little kid come along and say, here, give it to me. He takes it out of your hand. Well, that's what you got to do with God. Whenever you lose your phone, whenever you lose anything, you want to know something. Don't Google it. Say, God, what is the answer? And the answer will pop in your head. Try it. Wow. And, and this is years of smoking the good herb, folks, that brings you to this state of nirvana. Tommy Chung, you are truly a sage, man. It's really, I mean. Oh, yeah. I've been smoking for, you know, eight years, 10 years straight since I was 16. And I don't regret it because you're you're a proof positive that A, it doesn't hurt people. B, you can live a long, happy, successful life. And then on top of that, 
be as wise, spiritual, and quite frankly, as badass as you are, sir. I mean, really, you're a role model to me. And I, I again, I'm going to say it a third time. I really appreciate you being here. Well, um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And do it. Do it. Uh, try it. Just, just, just try it. Yeah. And you can do it any time of day and night. Doesn't matter when. Mm. Whenever, whenever anything problem. You know how you go to your phone? Just think about and just think about it. You don't have to say God. Just think, okay, you tell God. That's what I do all the time. I And then I laugh at myself because usually what I'm looking for is right in front of my face. You just said I never looked over there. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, so enjoy, everybody. Enjoy. Thank you. Wow. All right. Bravo, Tommy Chung. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for listening to My Family Thinks I'm Crazy you podcast. Remember. If you want every episode the day it's recorded, go to the Patreon. And also we're doing daily and weekly content. So come join us in the family. Patreon.com slash MFTIC. Adam is there. Tara is there. Join the family. All right, folks. Peace out. Mikey, Chris, Jay, wah, wah. I love you guys. Mark is bananas. Crazy. Okay, this guy's losing his mind. I Don't listen crazy to him. for feeling so lonely. Follow us on Patreon.com slash MFTIC. That's Patreon.com slash MFTIC. Oh!